What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Surf and Sales podcast. This is season three, episode two. I wonder how many of these episodes, Richard, we can do before I totally forget what episode number we're on. What do you think I don't know. That? I don't what's know. The, what's, what's the over-under? We're big on over-unders lately. What's the over-under yes. on me forgetting what episode number we're on? Uh, I say by episode 11, you'll forget. Oh, I'd take the under on that. I would take the under on that. I'm Scott Lease, one of your two co-hosts of the Surf and Sales podcast. You just heard from Richard Harris, the other co-host of the Surf and Sales podcast. And we are the founders of the Surf and Sales Summit. Check it out at surfandsales.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Reprise as well as Scratchpad. Check them out. They will help you grow in 2022. Richard is nervous and excited for his national championship game tonight for his Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, go how'd dogs. Sick how'd, I, how'd I do there on the accent, Richard? Terrible, terrible. Yeah, you know what? You did nice. great. In fact, I was going to stop you and tell you that was like the best intro to the podcast you've done in three years. Oh, thank um, you. I'm, I'm very professional this year with my yeah, podcast game. Yeah. Apparently, so. Good luck to Georgia and you, Richard. And you. down goes Alabama, hopefully. We are brought, or excuse me, we are here today with our friend and Hopefully, he is feeling better. He was a little under the weather last week. Uh, Will Aiken, who is a sales evangelist with the sales feed, and the sales feed has been birthed by Vidyard. So we'll need to learn a little bit more of that. Welcome to the show, Will. Hey, gents. How are we doing? We are good. We are good. I think we're, uh, we're energetic right now, I think. Yeah, we got a lot of energy for, yeah, for we got a Monday. lot of energy. We got a lot of energy. Will, tell everybody, first of all, what... A sales evangelist is to you and what you do and uh and what sales speed is so give people some background here for sure that's a question i ask myself every day uh, what is a sales evangelist um it's basically a made-up title for um a sales kind of influencer creator but like a professional level basically that's you scott that's all oh. you well i'm curious if if will saw this uh, conversation and interview that John Barrows and I had and James Buckley was there where, where we kind of talked about this is, is have, have you become what John and I were talking about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I took a very special interest in that episode because you were talking about like this whole evangelist idea. That's the idea of it as what I do. I don't get paid quite as much as what you said John Barrows would get paid if he did it, but um <laughs> But you're working, you're, you're working your way there. You'll get there. You'll well, get exactly, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are, so what are some of, so what are the, some of the things that you do? Yeah. Well, like the whole idea is that people don't really follow companies. They don't want to go grab a beer with a series B funded FinTech. They follow people, they follow creators. And, you know, I'm talking to, you, you know, this gents, um, but uh, the idea is like bringing that onto a brand now can have such a big impact back to the brand. And we see this with a lot of like sales influencers that well known, the big one that comes to mind is like Sarah Brazier back to Gong. Um, but it takes a lot of effort to always be creating content and being part of the conversation and being in communities. So some companies have taken the initiative to make that a full-time role uh, of someone who's willing to speak on their behalf and has a following. So tactically though, what, what is that? Is that like, content creation is that video is that written is it all the above uh what about outside of content creation if anything is it events try to be specific with us for sure 
I think it's a little bit of everything you just mentioned. It's creating content, written, video, being trying to be basically everywhere, talking at events, jumping on podcasts like this one, uh, waving the flag basically for sales feed. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just really, really like hyperactively in all those places. So how do you do it that doesn't make you... Um, like, you know, look, Sarah Brazier is great. We've had her on the show. I think she's like our fourth best download of episodes, which is cra yeah. crazy cool. Um, but how do you do it as an evangelist? At least in my mind, when I think of an evangelist, I want them to think about Richard, but I want them to think about surf and sales. I do want them to think about Scott Lease, you know, 42% of the time. I want them to think about, um, you know, Harris Consulting or sales training, right? So it's not just Richard back to the Harris Consulting Group. So when you're hired by a company to do it in that role, is that possible? Is it possible to be thought leadership? And because of the thought leadership, then it comes back to the brand? Do the, is that the first step the brand has to understand? Yeah, it's certainly not just being a paid spokesperson. It's got to still be authentic. I think it's just creating content underneath the umbrella of that wider organization. Um, so I don't talk about sales feed in every single one of my posts. I rarely actually talk about sales feed unless I'm promoting something that I've built for them. Um, Got so it. It's, it's, yeah. So talk about, cause we all know, like, you know, we're all LinkedIn heavy on the feeds, right? I see in your LinkedIn title, we're going to go there right now. You are a TikToker. Um, I've thought about, I've been trying to get Scott to go on TikTok. I, he just, you know, won't do it. So, you know, what are you doing on TikTok around sales? Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, TikTok's a weird one. That's like kind of how this all started. So up in, like this time last year, I was a sales professional, account executive, full cycle, SMB software sales for a sales tech company. And then one like afternoon, I just opened up TikTok and made a video and really enjoyed the process of it. So I just kept doing that for a while. And then I started posting them on LinkedIn and they did better there than they were even doing on TikTok. Um, then eventually with some consistency and because I was enjoying it and wasn't really expecting anything back from it, just kind of cascaded and snowballed. So uh, I created a bit of a following there and have become a bit of a community on TikTok. Uh, I post videos about sales humor, relatable stuff, memes, but also I tried to share advice uh, on sales itself, but also how to start careers in sales. Uh, and the stuff about careers in sales is the, probably the stuff that gets the most attention, just due to the nature of the audience on TikTok being quite young. Right. And, uh, uh, I, I don't know about that. I think the fastest way to be an influencer is to talk about recruiting and talk about jobs. <laughs> if you look at like on LinkedIn, which posts and which people have the largest followings and were the original like LinkedIn influencers, they're all people in staffing. Yeah. I don't, have, you, have you noticed this, Richard? Go ahead, right, right. Right, take your post this week that you're going to do. Right. Flip all of them to be about recruiting or hiring and that kind of thing and make them employee centric and your engagement and your views will go through the roof and you'll be a fucking thought leader overnight. That's all you gotta do. Right. No, no, on, on, on LinkedIn, any platform, maybe according to Will now. Yeah. But definitely, definitely on, on LinkedIn. So gotcha. 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 What do you find just out of curiosity, you know, and again, everybody listening might be Scott and Richard, you're fucking old and idiots. Right. So well, they probably say that anyways. Right. But 
what kind of engagement does someone get on a TikTok? Cause we don't like, I don't ever talk about it. You know, I sort of peruse it every now and then cause I got to make sure my kids are behaving. Um, you know, but, uh, what kind of things do you think relate and makes it good on TikTok versus another platform? Yeah. I think what makes TikTok really good is for the audience, it's very easy to digest. Like it's, it's unforgivably short. And if you don't get the point, you get glossed over. So like, I think it's just a sign of the attention span that today's media consumers have because they love yeah. TikTok because you can just sit there and just go and just get so much and feel like you're learning, but really you're probably killing your brain. Um, but because it's so short and digestible, you can get huge amounts of views from it. If you get on something nice, like to give you an example, my average video will probably get 3000 views on LinkedIn. It probably gets an average of 500. Um, and then sometimes you hit gold you post it and it gets 2 million views organically paying no money for it. Um, and that's happened a few times as well, like probably five or six times at this point. You've Scott. had a half dozen, 2 million view posts. Richard, have you ever had a 1 million view post on any platform? No, not me, once. Me neither. What's the highest views you've ever had, Richard, on any post? Somewhere uh, like 125 on LinkedIn. I think I got, 000. I think I got 500 ish one time and, and that's, that's my highest. Yeah. Was that Paul? No, no, it was not. A, it was not a poll. No. Oh man. 2 million. That's a lot yeah. of notifications potentially that I don't know if I want in my life. I think I'm going to go and try and make a TikTok, Scott. <laughs> I sure. Test it out. Test that. You be the one to test it out. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Will, can you do can you do your job as a sales evangelist for more than one brand? I think that's where the future of this could go, but then it just becomes almost being like your own media company and you're being sponsored by people instead. I Is that bad? I don't think that's bad. No, not at all. Um, but I tell you that right now, the capacity that I have doing it for sales, we don't probably, I, I dip into Vidyard as well. So like when they have events and speaking opportunities, I'll go and do it for them as well. But yeah. Just because of the amount, the amount of work would be tricky to do for a half dozen companies at a time. If it was what you were just doing. Yes. But then people would stop listening because you're just constantly pushing other people's stuff. Right. The reason that it works is because you're not really talking about the thing all the time. You're only talking about it like one out of 10 or one out of five posts. Yeah. If yeah, I'm doing that. People, there'd be too much noise. You wouldn't be able to get it out and yeah. stop listening. Well, it's interesting you say that. So the first thing is, is that, um, well, if that's the case you're running into where you, you, you're not charging enough, right? <laughs> if you can't handle more than a half dozen clients, you need to raise the rate and have three, um, right? That's the first step. Uh, the second thing though, I, and I agree with you is that, and I was just talking about someone who's sponsoring our, my newsletter is that they need to do stuff that's not product related. Mm -hmm. Right. I was I was encouraging them that they should be doing um, some content around sales leadership and what, you know, how in their organization, because they're, they're a decent sized startup, they've been teaching reps to get promoted or managers to be better managers. And then that'll get associated back to your point back with the brand. And um, and I think that's the key piece. So so I, I do agree with you. I just think you need to raise your rates. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are these, those who are, who are watching, but there some people are not, what are these long things behind you on the wall? Uh, yeah, for, for those, I suppose for everyone, 
those are lightsabers that I've been collecting since I started making real money in sales. I didn't know what to spend on. I'm a bit of a nerd, Star Wars. So I started buying these replica toys basically and hanging on my wall because pretty much creating content, coming on sales, it's a bit of a pattern interrupt. People ask about it. If they right. like Star Wars, then I have instant report. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, that's it's it's a hit. I talked about I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with like all the random shit going on in my background. It's like I think you should give people something interesting to look interesting to look at, which is the opposite of the advice everybody gave at the beginning of all this Zoom, you know, yes. in, in the world. Everybody was like, oh, you need to have a clear background and like blank wall and dress, you know, with the right kind of shirt on and all this. Like, wait, what? So I want to, so a really important question that I've never asked on surf and sales is Jar Jar Binks, good or bad? Oh. Uh, come up. I, I wasn't like super, yeah, I, I say good. I, I enjoy oh, it. God, I enjoy, he's terrible. I enjoy just because it's funny. It makes me oh, funny. he was terrible. <laughs> he blew the whole movie up for me. But I think it's a generational thing. I like that he stuck to his guns and, and didn't uh, cowtail to, to the audience. So, he likes okay. it. Yeah. He likes it. He's so, an inspiration right. for salespeople everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, how, 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 are, how are you tracked on performance? This is something that, that was brought up the other day on, on the, in the conversation about, you know, an evangelist and what they're worth and all this, like, it, are you tracked on like MQLs, SQLs, tracked pipeline demos that get held or set, or is it actual revenue and, and deal flow? Yeah. So I, I think maybe to answer that question, I'll take a step back um, because sales feeds a bit of a unique situation because it is a media company owned by another company. So almost think of it like sales feed is Vidyard's evangelist and I'm sales feed's evangelist. And at this point, we don't have any KPIs. So I don't have any KPIs. It's all subjective at this point. Um, and then sales feed isn't being tracked either. Basically the CEO of Vidyard said, hey, companies, people are following companies that make good content and don't ask for much back. I wanna start a media company. We'll figure out how the value feeds back later go build it for a year and then we'll figure out how we get some value out of this thing. And my boss, Tyler Assad, hired me and said the same thing basically. Go, Will, go create me some content, bring us the audience, use your following, bring it with you a little bit and have some fun with it and we'll build an audience. So right now it's very, for a salesperson, like the complete opposite of what I was used to before where like totally. it's very clear if you're doing- how did, That was my work. next question. How did you get into this role? Like how did you- you know what, what got you here like you're, you're getting paid to build a side hustle for another organization yeah it, it it's um so so back to the tiktok thing i started posting on tiktok i started posting most of the linkedin i've been doing this for long i started like april last year and then i just kept doing that and i kept getting really good engagement um and i was in a full cycle ae role smb sales for a company called proposify if you haven't heard of them they're kind of like pandadoc uh, that was the main competitor we had. Um, and Tyler basically took notice of the content that I was doing on the side that was benefiting me. We all know about personal brand and how that can generate you leads. And I was selling sales tech. So creating sales content was giving me benefit. And then Tyler took notice and said, hey, Will, do you want to come be a marketer? And I was like, heck no, I'm a salesperson. I love sales. I make way too much money. You, you wouldn't be able to afford me anyway. Um, but then I, I wanted a promotion from my boss and he wouldn't give me one right away. So I got stroppy and I went and had the chat with Tyler. And then I heard 
like the the vision and the enthusiasm and the passion and i was like okay tell me more and then he told me that i could actually make more than i would as a salesperson hitting 120 percent of my target and i was like doing the thing that i do right now as a hobby for fun as my main job so i was like okay right now i'm super interested and then i couldn't resist that's amazing that's really really cool oh richard richard i feel like this is the role that every sales person with a brand who's good at content and media, like would actually prefer to have. Yes. Yes. Maybe not all, but like a large, large percent. Yes. Would rather do this. Like yes. Will has hit the dream. Yes. And he's getting paid to do it. We had to figure it out on our own, fucker. Um, <laughs> he's smarter than us. That's why. <laughs> I'm He's standing on our shoulders, Scott. Come on now. So, <laughs> uh, so, so Will, let, let's just dial it back. Like, what, what? Did, just way back when Will was little, what did, what did you like about sales? What got you into the gig? Were you naturally in sales, or are you one of the people who just sort of falls into it? Uh, I think everyone falls into a love. I definitely wasn't like a six-year-old saying like, "Yeah, I want to be a salesman." Um, it's that that ongoing joke, isn't it? But. Um, I always knew that I was all over the shop. So um, when I was in my early 20s, I couldn't figure out, I say early 20s, it was like six years ago. Um, <laughs> I basically became a recruiter in Australia. I got a glimpse of the commission. I was recruiting software salespeople down under and I was seeing how much they were making and how much easier it looked than recruitment because recruitment is basically sales with like the product can change its mind to do all kinds of funky stuff. Um, so I was a recruiter and then I came to North America with my wife who's Canadian, which is how I ended up here. Um, and I was like, I want to be a software salesperson because I know how much money these, these people make. And then I couldn't get a software sales job because I was in the middle of nowhere. And back then remote work wasn't that much of a thing. Um, so I started selling media, HR media, but, and I was selling to tech companies again. And I leveraged that because I really wanted to be in software sales because I knew that's where the money was. And that's how I ended up at Proposify a couple of years back. So you had one gig as a salesperson. Well, you had the recruiting gig, which is sales, then Proposify, and now you're an evangelist. I, I had a recruitment job, and then I went and sold media for two years. Oh, right. And I was selling like webinar, email campaign sponsorships, those kinds of things. It wasn't super consultative, but you know, I had some big names like selling to CareerBuilder and those kinds of companies and selling them webinar sponsorships, similar to what we'd see with like a John Barrows now. Um, and then I used that to get into Proposify, and now I'm an evangelist, yes. Yeah. So, and the reason I'm asking that is I don't want, I, I want to make sure that people hear that you don't have to be at the gig forever. Like it's very different. I remember when I left my first job, I'd been there for seven years. Right. And that was a lifetime compared to all my friends. And I thought it was terrible. And I went to my second job and I was like, oh, I can't leave after a year and a half. I'll look terrible. And this, you know, this is 2000 during the first dot bomb. And, uh, and, and I was in the Bay area and then I went to another job and then I got bounced around a couple of times and I just felt like this was terrible. Um, all the way, all the way up until I was 40, uh, when I met Scott, I guess I was 39 when I first met you. Um, and, uh, and then it just sort of hit me of like, who gives a shit? So I just want people to take note that like, if you work hard and you're successful, you can do whatever you want to do. Right. Like that's just the way the world works. And it's a lot more receptive these days to it. So how did you, how did you, was it hard for you to, let me ask you this question. 
So you started doing the stuff that you loved. You create a little bit of a brand for yourself. Had Tyler and Vidyard not come to you, do you think you would have switched? Do you think you would have gone and taken the leap? No, because the week after Tyler reached out to me, I then got the promotion I asked for, and I was I would have been. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the like, best part. Like my my boss should have just been like, "Yeah, well, you're promoted on the spot. You've been the best AE for six months. Let's give you the promotion that you asked for." And I got grumpy, and I'm a, I'm not I don't like being told no. Yes. Um, now listen, every boss and sales leader and CEO out there, I hope you just heard Will's story right there, because that is very very real, very yes, real. Sir. Was it? By the way, Will, was it a counter offer or was it just happenstance? It was just happenstance. One, one, basically, I was on a team of threes. I was the top performing one for a good period of time. The other two AEs had a senior title and I had a normal AE title. Right. And that didn't sit well with me as the top performer. So I was like, hey, boss, we spoke about it a few months ago. If you have thought about this anymore, I'd like to be up there with the guys. And he was like, well, I, I use that as a recruiting strategy to bring them on. I think we should talk about this again in the future. And at that point is when I literally finished that one-on-one, -on -one, picked up the phone, called Tyler and said, okay, tell me what you have got for me because I just didn't get what I wanted. Because um, I, I didn't want more money. I, didn't, I right. just wanted the glory and the and nice you, title, right? And so Acknowledgement. I'm gonna, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to millennialize you. So had, you'd been there three months and you wanted a promotion? I'd been there for a year and I wanted a promotion. Okay, that's fair. A year's good. I think after a year, that's fair. And if it's a good company and you're hitting your numbers at three or six months, it's appropriate to ask too. But back to what Scott was saying, I hope all the leaders are listening. As soon as you say no, someone's going to say yes. And they're going to recruit someone and they're going to take someone who's got your six months of experience and go, oh, yeah, I can make them a senior because they've just done six months. Meanwhile, you're stuck in your own little bubble. So, um, so I, hope, I hope people pay attention to that, too, because I think it's super important. What, um, what's next? Not that you're going to leave Vidyard or Tyler because we would never want that. But like, yeah. What do you what do you see as like this future of evangelism in sales? Yeah, um, I haven't really figured that part out yet. That's, that's going to be my question at the end of this. Um, but I, I feel like I'm still on, despite the fact I'm the role I'm in right now is more of a marketing role. Let's be honest, um, but just like better than marketing because salespeople don't like marketing content. They like salespeople <laughs> content. Um, but I still consider myself on a sales career path. So like, let's say tomorrow, CEO of Vidyard says, you know what, the salespeople experiment didn't work. I'd 100%, I wouldn't go looking for another evangelist role. I don't want to go back into sales because I know I'm good at that and I can still succeed in that and it's safe. And these roles just don't come up very often. I might try and do a side hustle where I try and build it up as like a Will Aitken media thing. So I start taking more sponsorships on TikTok, which I've already explored and done. Uh, but I'd go back to sales if this failed tomorrow. But I think like, I'm thinking to myself, how can I still do this and improve my sales skills while I'm at it? So that by the time I come out of this, I look better than I ever had to spend two or three years in another closing role. I feel like there's, 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 there's still space for me to be better while I'm doing this and come back. And maybe that, that means I, this is such a weird role that I could probably explain it to a hiring manager and get like jumper level to sales manager if I wanted to, because I could kind of like blag it in a way. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I was at the forefront of sales, talking to innovative things and whatever it may be, but it could either help me jump a level in the career that path that I was on, or I could try and build it into something bigger on the side while continuing the career path of a salesperson. 
Cool. I haven't figured it out yet. So I'm kind of just sharing my. I don't think I don't think anybody's figured it out yet because this is a relatively new kind of function, you know, Um, but but one that feels like will be increasingly prevalent and, and interesting, you know, but you have to be at a certain size, the company. I don't think, I don't think we're a long ways away from like a, you know, seed stage company having a, (laughs) having an evangelist on their, on their team. But when you, when you're talking about like series C plus kind of companies, tech companies and and whatnot, like I I think it makes a, I don't know. I think I I would disagree. I would think once you hit series A, because the A rounds are so big now, right? And everybody wants recognition, right? And if you could go and find the right person, right? It's got to be, in my mind, it's going to have to be somebody with an audience, right? So who is, so who is the right person, Will? How, how, how would somebody go about trying to hire a version of you? Like, what are the things that somebody needs to look for? Is there a size audience required? Is there expertise on particular platform? Like how does somebody hire a version of you? Yeah. There are a couple of roles like that that already already exist like this. And you've had a few people on before who are already doing it. Um, I'm thinking, I I know Ethan from bomb bomb, for example. Right. Yeah. And even like Zoe, Zoe Hartsfield's career has been grown by audiences. That's kind of part of the reason why she has appeal as well, but there's like Tom Boston, from sales loft and there's a guy called evan patterson who, who went from an evangelist role i think he went to reprise or he was an sdr reprise and then he went to troops regardless um this role does kind of exist but i feel like the reason why it works is because people want to t- listen and hear other salespeople speak to it i feel like companies you can't speak to that unless you've actually been doing it so i feel like it has to definitely be a sales practitioner who's closed, ideally, who can speak to the whole of sales and has enough that there's content there to be discussed. Because otherwise, you run out in two years. I don't know. I think, I think Ryan O'Hara is pretty good at it, at Lead IQ, yeah. right? Like he's been, he's been really, you know, like if I really think about it, he's probably been the first to do all the fun videos and stuff like that. And yeah. um, he's really good at it. So I think it's, I think it's anybody who's... Who, what, what's interesting yeah. to me, though, is out of all the names mentioned, the only one that is how shall I say a little more advanced in their career is, is Ethan. Everybody else is like just kind of getting started. They're, these are not people who've had 10, five, 10, 15, 20 years of experience who have hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. These are people who are really early gravitating into, into those kind of roles. But that's does, that mean, they- does that mean people like John and Richard and I, like we have no chance? I think oh, you're already no. doing it. Yeah. I'm just asking. No, nobody's nobody's out there, you know, knocking on my door or Richard's door or John's door saying, hey, you want to be the evangelist for our company. So maybe, maybe, maybe we're too late to the game and they're looking for people who are earlier, right? I think it still needs to mature as a role, but you have sponsors because of who you are and how many people know you and your expertise and what you're willing to say. Oh, I missed that. That's that the same thing then, in a way? In a way. So yeah. Is that the same thing? I think it's like a one person media company almost thing then anyway yeah richard, richard harris media company how does that sound richard too long too long of an email address i fucking hate that 
So <laughs> Harris Media Group. Yeah. Lowell Enterprises. John, John's already an evangelist. JB JB Sales has like 12 sponsors. He says nice right. things about all those companies and people buy them because of those things. It's just yep. well, that's one of the reasons why I asked you if your role can expand beyond one company. I think there's a I think perhaps. Perhaps there's an evolution where like right now you're at a phase where you're kind of trying to figure out what the fuck do I do every day? And like, what does the role actually look like? But in a year or two, maybe you've like codified the role enough and you have templates and it becomes more of a system. And you're like, I can apply this system to company A, B and C. And I know my personal limit is, you know, three, four or five clients at a time. Yeah. Right. And maybe, maybe, so maybe we're just too early and you're still trying to figure it out where you can't expand to multiple. I don't, I don't think it's too early. I think, I think you could do it now. I don't either, but you and I are very greedy and maybe Will is very loyal. I, I feel like we cut Will out of this entire podcast. So I feel really bad. I'm having a good time. <laughs> hey, Will, come listen to Scott and I talk about your opinions. <laughs> so I think it's important to recognize that like I, there's an end to my role. Like I create content as well full sales feed. I make YouTube videos that people get upset about. Um, uh, I, I do a lot of other stuff on the side of my role to make it a full-time role. But yeah, I think you're right, Scott. I think you could do this with multiple companies, but you just need to figure out how to cut that up and sell that essentially. Yeah. Okay. I want to know more about this content that you created that people got upset about. Uh, yes. Well, uh, okay. Well, I'm still doing it. I'm not, I'm not stuck. Good. Started Even better. Advice, Scott. So I doubled down on it. You I love it. I love it. So give, give tell, tell the tell the people what happened. Right. So I did. I do a review show called Sales Tech Talks, where I look at different pieces of sales technology and let you know if you should basically use them or not. And I've really started with just small tools that a rep can pick up and use on the side. And then I took on a bigger tool because I wanted more views. And obviously, you, it's kind of like writing a coattail of someone else's product. And uh, I reviewed Seamless AI who's more well-known and has a lot more employees who are probably more <laughs> of you. Um, and also like, I made a post like, Hey, what tool should I check out? And six of their reps popped up in the comments, like buy seamless AI. And I was like, well, you basically asked you. at this point. Right. So I went on and I reviewed it and their data was a bit rubbish. And, um, I said that in the video and I said, you know, and I, they, they credits me as a speaker at one of their events and I wasn't at the event. So I was like, what's that about in the video? And I kind of had some fun of it because I'm a little bit cheeky like that. But um, a lot of their team and a few other people reached out to me and said, "Yo, like you don't want to be this person who, who's a critic and says negative things because, you know, not only does Seamless AI, anyone from Seamless AI is never going to want to work with you, Will, but like Zoom Info and Lead IQ are now going to be like, this Will guy's a loose cannon. What's he going to say about us? And I'm like, I love that. I want to keep people on their toes. Fear me. Um, but... Anyway, that's basically what happened. And I had someone reach out to me, who, who we all know, and check me pretty hard. Um, and it kind of left me conflicted of whether I should keep do more of that and, and take a bit more of a hot take approach. Um, but I, I asked him for advice from Scott and Scott said, no, I reckon there's too much toxic positivity and being authentic and honest as long as you're not being mean is an okay thing to do. Did I give him good advice, Richard, or no? Yes, except that you told me I would tell him to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm ruthless. 
So. Look, I mean, if people don't want their product talked about in a negative way, maybe they should make a better, get a, a better product. Right. Or what about G2? They go send the same message to G2, right? Did you get a cease and desist? Uh, I'm pretty sure they sent a hitman after me um, afterwards. So <laughs> I, I'm waiting for a cease and desist one day. Like that'll be like, as soon as I, someone sends me a cease and desist, that's going to be the best video ever. I'm like, Hey everybody, I can't talk about this person because they sent this letter. <laughs> but you can probably TikTok about it, Richard. Right, exactly. So, how long does it take? How long does it take to make a, a good YouTube video, TikTok? Like, is it hours? Is it that review I did was ten minutes long, and it took me a day of filming. Well, half a day of filming, half a day of editing. So I edit a lot of the videos as well. Is what I mean. Like, I don't just evangelize. I also have to make a video. So, like, this is what That's makes a lot of work. work. Yeah, a it's a lot more, of work. Right? Yeah. Um, but TikTok probably takes me 10 minutes, right? That's the point. It's not meant to be super high production. Um, whereas a video, a video I can do like that. You, I think I'm going to have to make some couple of TikTok videos, Scott. Well, so. I, well, I think you, I think you should, but see, he said that he filmed like 10 minutes and then he spent a half day editing and all the, like, I can't, no, oh, I'm not doing that. No. If I, if I, if, I, if, and when I ever did one, I would film this like 15 second clip or however long these things are. And I would just hit publish and it, that'd be a wrap. It'd be done. That's, yep. yep. You, the, the only reason we this episode doesn't launch tomorrow is simply because we're trying to do a couple at a time and we try to, you know, drop them all at once. Like that's <laughs> yeah. it. So, but. I keep seeing people try to do TikTok and they, they're not very good at it. Like the, the, there's a few nuances that you learn. And I did, I got it wrong for like three months before I finally took off. Um, but it is super easy once you know what to do. So like, just, just pay someone like me to just tell you how to do it for the first bit. Heck, you could pay someone to edit the videos. It probably wouldn't even be that expensive. Yeah. Or you can do what Scott, you just described. I've got, a, I've, we've got a mutual friend actually, Leslie Vanette, who has a big sales, um, yeah. sales yeah. TikTok account. Um, I overtook her recently. Sorry, Les. Um, but, <laughs> but she just pulls out her phone and shares her thoughts and people love it because it's authentic, it's raw and it's it's stuff they don't know as well. And we, we often overlook like, how much we know that other people out there don't, uh, or how much our opinions, how many people actually agree with us or disagree with us sometimes. Um, well, Will has not convinced me to go on TikTok, but he did move the needle from negative 10 to like zero. I'm back right. at, we're like level, it's like, I'm back at square one. Square one. I'm, we're, we're at the ground floor. Now. We're, we're at the part where Scott lets Richard make a couple of TikTok videos and then goes, fuck, I could do that better than him. And then he goes and does it and it blows up. Cause that's what Scott <laughs> he's like, I'm his guinea pig. I'm his, I'm the canary in the coal mine for Scott Lee's. So, hey, you know, if you can find a strategy that works, Richard, you just yeah, stick okay. with it. Yeah. We want to thank uh, our sponsors once again, reprise as well as scratch pad for uh, bringing us and all of you, this episode of the surf and sales podcast. We want to thank Will Aiken for his time. Once again, check out sales feed as well as Vidyard. Will, we always wrap every show by saying, how can we be helpful to you? Do you have any questions for us? What do you got for us? I have a couple, so I'm going to have to choose, but I'm going to choose the one that's selfish for me. Um, if you were in my position, and I described my predicament to you before, I've stopped selling, but I'm still talking about sales. I don't want to come out of touch. I want to be able to have a safe, well, safe a sales career to return back to if the tool does go uh, up in the air. What would you do to stay good or get better at sales while doing what I do right now? Well, I'd continue to do things that help me learn. 
And, you know, that's interacting with people who are in those roles or who have been in those roles a long time and are experts in those roles. I continue to listen to things. If you're a podcast consumer, continue to read things. If you're a reader, continue to attend events. If you learn kind of in person or more by, by doing. Um, but my best advice would be to splinter out and do all that selling in different side hustles and whatnot that you're doing because that's selling. You're creating pipeline, you're closing deals, you're servicing and delivering, you know, the product of which you're the product and all that kind of stuff. And I think it keeps your skills sharp. And for what, for what you're up to, it's very similar to what Richard and I are up to. You have the opportunity to work with lots of different companies, lots of different products, lots of different industries. That means different sales cycles, different buyer personas, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, and that keeps your skills sharp because you got to do different things for different people, right? So you kind of start to master all these things. And in some, some ways, I think you actually can level up your skill set faster because you're selling to all these different people than just selling one particular piece of software day after day after day. What do you yeah. think, Richard? I agree. I think it, and you know, I get so much more tactical on things, but I'll go back to what Scott said way earlier in the podcast, which is start to productize this, right? Okay. So if I'm going to do this and maybe you're going to have three TikTokers on, you know, doing this, so you're going to have to teach them. So what are the best practices for a sales TikTok? What are the best practices for a YouTube? What is the best practice? Because you're going to have to sell that internally if, you know, you've got a year, right? So at some point, what's going to happen is you're going to have to sell what you've done as something that needs to continue to exist, right? And one of two things, this is my prediction. Somewhere around, God, I would say somewhere in the middle of Q2, it's, you guys are going to have a discussion of where it's going, and you're going to have to decide if you're going to go become Will Aiken, you know, media company, right? It's the same advice I gave Colin Cadmus a couple of years ago. Like, mm. you're an LLC, right? And, you know, Tyler's listening. I don't think Tyler would be shocked to hear me say that. And I think he knows it too. Like, this is the way it is, Right. So they're either going to have to step up or you're going to, you know, decide what you want to do. Maybe you, and maybe you don't want to go do that. Like that's, it's fair for you to say, no, I like the, I like, you know, the comfort of where I am with the big company. I love who I'm working with. I love what they're letting me do. I have all the freedom, you know, you know, maybe your life circumstances of, of a significant other or children will change. And so you sort of need the stability, you know, but I, I think you're going to have to sell it anyway. So you're already doing it. Um, I do think you, you know, Go read a couple of books, listen to a couple of books um, around sales, um, and maybe even listen to some sales calls, you know, listen to just keep yourself fresh of what it sounds like. Um, or maybe even go see if you can sit in on a sales call or two, because I think part of it, and I'll think about it this way. What is the value to you to go listen to some live customer calls to hear what the customers are saying? in relation to how you're going to make the social content. Yeah. Right. Because you kind of, you do have two audiences. You do have the audience of the rep, right. The people who are in sales. You also have the audience of, well, what do the customers want? Because that's part of it too. Um, so that's something I would say. Thank you. Yeah. What I'll give you one more question. Cause we love you. Okay. All right. Well, we've got time for it. Eh? Um, I had the other question, now it's gone. Yeah, um, 
Richard, why, why don't we start off now? Like, I'll give you some TikTok consulting advice. Um, if you're talking about side gigs and selling. All right. Sell me. Why should I hire you? Uh, I want to know what your goals are with TikTok, and then I'll tell you that. I have no fucking idea. You just came on the podcast, and I'm like, oh, I should try that. You know, and I, you know what? Actually, I'll say, you know what? I want to see if I can get more viewership. Like, I, I'm curious about this thing. I'm curious about this platform, and I hadn't really thought about it about sales. And I'm like, oh, maybe that'll be interesting. You know, I can be goofy. Like, look, I'm 52. Like, do I really need to be on TikTok? Probably not. But, you know, that, I think that's part of the shtick. So, TikTok got more visitors this month than Google did. So, just it's going places. Right. And I think it's time to be early on it. That's the urgency. All right. Uh, all the other steps, Scott, of addicted. Uh, Find pain, build value, create. I, just heard, I heard Richard acknowledge that there's a problem. He needs to get on it. Urgency. TikTok's yeah. growing. You want to be early. Yeah. Solution. And now you discuss the solution. Will. Right. Look at that. That is addiction selling into action straight away. Good job, Will. Well done. Right. All right, man. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks again. And Will, definitely hit me up, by the way. I do want to talk to you. Oh, well. And Will just closed the deal. So he wasn't See you later, everybody. <laughs> Bye, you everyone. So Thanks.